It really is an absolute joy to be in person with you and to see your faces and to just respond to the greatness of God together. I am so grateful that you have chosen to be here. And I'm also thankful for everybody watching online right now as well. God has been faithful. God is good. And he has sustained us. He really has. So get this. It has been 202 days since we last worshiped together on a Sunday morning like this. Yet here we are. So can we just take a moment and thank God for being back? Do that. And church is going to look a little bit different for a while. We're going to be spread out and we're going to do our best to follow safety precautions so that you feel good about being here and you also feel good about inviting others to join you. So church is going to be a little bit different. But there are a few things that remain. Our love for the word of God remains and taking time every Sunday morning to open up the scripture and what does God want for us and how should we respond to this and how can we use it in our lives. That remains. Our passion for singing and just responding to God and who he is. And boy, it felt really good to sing it a little louder, right? You're not at home, so you can actually sing out. And maybe no one will hear you. And that's okay in this environment. And that remains our passion. Just simply to step into the presence of God and say we're here. And we love you. And we're thankful for you. That remains. And our desire to look out at each other and recognize, you know what, I'm not in this thing alone. I'm not living the story of Jesus just on my own. You're doing it. And you're doing it, and you're doing it, and as we look around the room, we know we join hands and arms with a lot of people seeking to faithfully live out the story of Jesus in our imperfect ways, and that remains, and that's why it feels so good to be back together. So thank you, thank you, thank you, from my heart to yours. I'm grateful that you've chosen to be here, and I look forward to what God is going to do in and through Valley Point Church as we continue this unique journey in 2020. God is faithful. He's still with us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together, and then we'll dive into our content. Father, we step into your presence. For the first time in a long time in this room, in our church home, on a Sunday morning, And we just want to say that we love you. And we thank you for the wonderful opportunity we have now to gather again in person. You have sustained us. You have been faithful. And I feel Valley Point as a faith community has honored you in this process. We have been a life-giving faith community and that has been a joy to see but here we are finally gathering again in our home to honor you and to lift up your name and to listen to your word taught and to respond to that. So God, meet with us today and help us truly to see you. And not just to see you, but to know what to do with that as well. 
So give us a great time now as we look to Scripture and what it has to say to us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, loving others the way God wants us to love them is not an easy thing. It's not easy. Question, do you have any challenging people in your life? Don't elbow the person next to you. Don't look around the room. Just think about this question. Do you have any challenging people in your life? Now, if you have not raised your hand, which most of you are not doing that, you may be that challenging person. I don't know. That's possible. I'm not talking about those individuals that you disagree with or that you argue with from time to time over problems and issues, but yet you're able to come together and work through that and the relationship remains. I'm not talking about that. That stuff happens. And when we resolve it together, that's generally a very good thing. I'm talking about those individuals where it feels like you just can't win. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, it just feels like you cannot win. Have you ever experienced that? I have. I remember with this particular person who is not a part of Valley Point Church, it just felt like everything I did fell short. Words fell short. Intent fell short. Emotion fell short. No matter what I did, I could not win with this particular person. And that was very disappointing to me. And during that time, God did something interesting. He brought the words of Romans 12, 17 to my mind. And I now have them memorized. Romans 12, 17, some very powerful words that state, as far as it depends on you, So I have a responsibility here. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. There are some days I don't like that verse. I don't like it. But as far as it depends on you, I do have a responsibility. And so there is a great challenge found there. Now, I understand there are times where you have to separate yourselves from toxic people and you have to build boundaries and you have to have guardrails and you can't let people just walk all over you or abuse you. But still, as far as it depends on you, this is something for us to remember. It's a good reminder from the word of God. Okay, for the past three weeks, we have been considering how can we love our one the way God wants us to love our one? That's what we've been thinking about with this particular theme. How can we love our one the way God wants us to love them? Our one. Who's that one person that could really benefit from your kindness? Who's the one? Who's that one person in your world that you would love to see come into a beautiful and lasting and forever relationship with Jesus? Who's the one? Who's that one person that you would love to have join you here at Valley Point Church someday? Who's your one? Now, I began this conversation talking about challenging people. 
my guess is your one is probably not that challenging person. You probably have a deep relationship with your one or it is maturing and it is growing and you desire great things for them. That's what you want. That's wonderful. Along the way though, let's not forget about the challenging people in our world because I believe God has called us to be a bright light for them as well. Okay, so what we've been doing with this time is saying in order to compassionately serve others, in order to love our one the way God wants us to love them and to be a bright light for others as well, we need to grow up a little bit spiritually and take some steps to mature our friendship with Jesus. So for three weeks, we've been saying, how do we do this? How do we deepen our friendship with God? How do we mature ourselves a little bit, knowing that when we do that, we will have a greater shot at loving our one the way God wants us to love them. But the question is always how. How do we mature ourselves? How do we grow up spiritually a little bit? Well, a couple of weeks ago, we threw out the word confess. And this is how we grow up spiritually. We confess our sins to God. Do you remember the powerful words of 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, he, God, here's what he will do. He is faithful and just, and he will forgive us and cleanse us from all wickedness. Wow, <laughs> what a promise from God. And God invites us into his presence. Come on in. Come on in, have a seat and talk to me. And if you confess, if you do that, then I am faithful, I am just, I cannot deny myself. I will forgive and cleanse you from all wickedness. And we just lifted up the value of confession. Because when we are right with God, think about this now. When we are right with God, it increases the likelihood that we will be right with other people. So if we want to love our one the way God wants us and expects us to love our one, let's get right with God first. That's a great step. Let's confess. Let's step into his presence knowing he's faithful and just. He will forgive and clean us up. And that increases the likelihood that we will be right with others. So confess. That's the first thing we need to do to mature ourselves and I hope you find yourself growing in that area and regularly just coming before a holy God and saying, here I am. Here I am and here's my stuff. Here's my sin. I confess it to you and then just allowing God to clean us up. Right with God and then right with others. That was the first week. And then last week we added something to it. We said, be quick to listen and slow to speak. So with your one and with others, as we seek to love them the way God wants us to love them, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, I will admit that's a really hard thing to do for verbal processors. And I would say... I am a verbal processor. I talk for a living. I actually get paid to talk. So the thought of being slow to talk is kind of a hard thing because that's how I get through my issues. But yet the word of God is clear, isn't it? Yes, it is. 
And we are to be quick. Not just it's a good idea to listen to other people, but let's be quick to do this and let's be slow to listen. So far, confess. If we want to grow up and mature spiritually, and I hope that's your desire as you seek to live out the story of Jesus, let's confess and then let's just listen to other people, even if we don't agree with them. That's okay. We can at least listen. Scripture encourages this. Now, we're going to add one third component to this. Are you ready? I'm so glad that you are here today because I believe God has a unique word for us. So get your Bibles ready, your devices ready, take some good notes. I want to begin with a big idea. Here we go. Let everything you say be good and helpful. And we're going to come back and define those terms in the construction of the sentence. But at some point, we do have to talk. So we confess and then we listen. At some point, we do need to speak to others. And when that happens, we need to be sure that everything we say is good and helpful. Now, let's allow the word of God to feed us, okay? Can we do that? Shake your head a little bit. Let's allow the word of God to feed us. With your Bible or device, I want you to find Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians is a New Testament book. It comes right after the book of Galatians and right before the book of Philippians. All three of these are letters written by the Apostle Paul. Galatians, Ephesians, and Philippians. Now, as we think about this delightful New Testament book of Ephesians, here's what we need to know about it. It was written to a group of believers in a city called Ephesus. And they were indescribably rich in Jesus. <laughs> That's what Ephesians tells us. These followers were wealthy in Christ. By the way, if you have trusted in Jesus alone to rescue you, you as well are indescribably rich in Jesus. We have everything we need in him. And that's all described in the book of Ephesians. But here's the problem, or at least this was an issue as Paul wrote in his day. The Ephesian believers were living a beggarly existence, somewhat oblivious to the wealth that they had in Christ. It's kind of like they just were unaware of this. And so the Apostle Paul writes this letter to say, you are rich in Christ, but they were somewhat unaware. I came across an interesting story in preparing for this talk. It's a story about a guy named Joseph from Britain. He passed in 2003. And when he passed, the record states that he left nearly $1.8 million to charity. Now we hear that and say, okay, that's a nice thing to do. That's not unusual. That happens from time to time where people pass and they leave a lot of money to someone or to something, except that nobody, including his own family, knew that he had that kind of money. They were completely unaware because... This 90-year-old Britisher lived like a pauper, according to his daughters. They were just shocked 
when they began to read about what he did. And they described it this way. They said, our father lived a very poor kind of lifestyle, and here's what he would do. He'd never bought a TV, because that was way too extravagant, but he would go over to the neighbor's house and watch TV and use their electricity as well. So they talked about that. They talked about how their father never repaired anything in his home and stuff was just falling apart around him. And they talked about how he never purchased brand new clothes. Never. He always purchased secondhand clothes. He was surprisingly rich, yet a millionaire in rags. Think about that. He was surprisingly, shockingly rich. He was a millionaire in rags. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul is saying to these Ephesian believers. You have so much, but yet you're walking around in spiritual rags. You have everything you need in Christ. You are rich in him, and I want you to become aware of this. So the Ephesian believers, rich in Christ, but living like poor followers. Do we ever do this? I think we do sometimes. Rich in Christ, yet walking around spiritually poor. And Paul has something to say about this in Ephesians chapter 4. He really does. Now, here's the breakdown on the book of Ephesians. In chapters 1 through 3... Paul is stating you have everything you need in Christ to live for his honor and glory. You have it all as a believer. And I would encourage you to read those three chapters at some point. They're amazing. And then what we find in chapters 4 through 6 is somewhat of an orthopedic clinic. Because the Apostle Paul begins to say, here's how you need to now walk. And I want to give you some practical ideas and thoughts. Here's how you need to walk with all of this wealth. And then he begins to outline outline a lot of different things, including this beautiful gem that we find in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. So that's the backdrop, okay? We're rich in Christ. Let's now live like it and walk in it. Here is a gem. Here is a way to live rich. And so we're going to add to confession and listening Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Here's what it says. Don't use foul or abusive language. Oh my. Instead, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Want to love your one the way God wants you to love them? Do you want to love the challenging people in your world the way God wants you to love them? Do you want to be a bright light where you live, work, and play? Do you want to be rich in Christ? Well, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Okay, what does that mean? Let's look at some of these phrases and words. The phrase foul or abusive has the idea of rotten or worthless. 
So don't use rotten or <laughs> worthless language. And good means good, which that's kind of obvious. Helpful in the verse here has the idea of what is needed. So we share what is helpful, what is needed. And by the way, sometimes what is needed could be a challenging word. Sometimes what is needed with our one or even the challenging people in our world is we have to confront them. And I believe there is a way to do that that brings hope and life and grace. And that's indicated here in verse 29. So in thinking about, okay, I can't use rotten or worthless language, that means I can never tell people the truth. That's not the case. We can do that. It does need to be helpful or what is actually needed. And then the phrase be an encouragement comes from the Greek word, which I found this to be fascinating. It's the Greek word charis, which means grace or kindness. So think about this now. This is really straightforward. The Apostle Paul is just laying it out. If you want to be rich in Christ, if you want to have impact in your world with your one and with everybody else, then here is a way to live rich in Christ. And here's my paraphrase of this. Do not use rotten or worthless language. Let everything you say be good and what is needed so that your words will bring grace to those who hear them. Let that roll around inside of you for just a moment. Because as you think about our past several months that have been isolating and polarizing, so many challenging things for people personally, and with what's happening in our nation, all of the tension, what would it look like Right? You know, come on, church. What would it look like if, if people did this? If we did this? Like we were known for this. Do not use rotten or worthless language. Let everything you say be good and what is needed so that your words will bring grace to those who hear them. Question. Do your words bring grace as they flow out of you, as they enter into the ears of family members and friends and coworkers and neighbors and people that you go to school with and so on and so forth, are those words bringing grace to others? Now, there's another word in the text. I don't know if you picked up on this, but it is let everything you say. Will you repeat that phrase with me? Here we go. Let everything you say. Now, repeat it with enthusiasm. Let everything you say. Now, everything means, guess what? Everything. (laughs) There's no wiggle room here at all. Paul does not let us off the hook, just like he didn't let the Ephesian believers off the hook. Everything we say, it should be good and helpful and beneficial and seasoned with grace. Seasoned with grace, which brings us to our one takeaway. I think it's kind of obvious. Everything we say should be good and helpful. Everything we say 
should be good and helpful. Everything we say should be good and helpful. Even the challenging things that we have to submit to others. Everything we say should be good and helpful. I want you to do this. Will you put your stuff away for just a few moments? And I want all eyes up here because I want to roll out some phrases that I put together in thinking about Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Things that I believe will be helpful for us as we consider, what do I do with all of this? And how can I live rich based on Ephesians 4.29? Just think about this. In a world that uses words to polarize, let everything you say be good and helpful. In a world that uses words to get ahead, let everything you say be good and helpful. In a world that uses words to argue, Let everything you say be good and helpful. In a culture that uses words to complain, let everything you say be good and helpful. In a world that uses words to hurt those made in the image of God himself, let everything you say be good and helpful. Loving those around us the way God wants us to love them. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe it's not as hard as we think. When we take the tools that God has given to us based on his word and we use them in our lives. So may we step out of here in just a few moments and confess. May that be a regular part of what happens so that we're right with God, which means I have a shot at being right with you. It's great news. And then let's be quick to listen. And then let's add to that everything. Everything you say may bring grace to those who hear it. May God give us the courage and the strength to be a bright light this way. Will you pray with me? Father, we're thankful for this one verse Sometimes that's a frustrating verse. Like, oh boy, everything means everything and that's just tough. But yet I believe you want us to live rich in you. And here's a way we can do it. So God, I just pray that you would start in me and help me to be the type of friend Husband, father, co-worker, leader, whose words bring grace, even when hard things have to be said. And God, I pray that for everybody in here, where we live, work, and play, everywhere we go, God, conversations are happening and may you bring this to mind about how we can live rich in you as a follower, as we live out the story of Jesus. We can be rich by giving words of grace. God, help us to take this theme of growing up spiritually and maturing ourselves. Maybe it's not so hard, yet it is, because these are hard things to do, but help us to embrace confession and listening 
and then allowing our words to give grace. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. And for you just to think about what God wants to say to you and what your next step is. Just talk to God about that. And then would you stand with me? We're just going to continue to pray. and Throughout this theme, we have been using different hand postures as a way to confess and as a way to pray. I want to wrap up this time by leading us in this again. So if you're watching from home, feel free to do this. Here in the room, if you're comfortable, feel free to use these hand postures as a way just to pray. So I start like this, with this type of posture. And then you can just pray this silently to God. Lord, I confess to you, my natural posture is to defend myself to fight for my rights, to make something happen. But as someone seeking to live out the story of Jesus, I choose a posture of surrender. And then I do this. And I say, Jesus, you be in charge. You take control. You take the lead. And bless me as I seek to bless others. And then I take up this posture. And I say, Lord, I confess to you, my natural posture is to take, to keep, to hold, to fear for what I may lose. But as someone seeking to live out the story of Jesus, I choose a posture of generosity. Lord, you have blessed me. Freely I have received. So freely I give. Then I take up this posture. And I say, Lord, I confess to you my natural posture is to spectate, to critique, to judge. But as someone seeking to live out the story of Jesus, I choose a posture of engagement and inclusion and one that welcomes and loves.
And all God's people said, Amen. Father, use us to impact the lives of that one person we're thinking about as well as the others in our world who are sometimes challenging. You've given us tools like confession and listening and speaking grace. We don't need more information. We don't need more knowledge. We just need to act on what we know. So help us to step out of here and do that and bless us. Now we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.